0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA member FDIC.
1: This is ESPN Radio. Jerry's been tasting tra- that since 1995, the last time they made an NFC championship game. And he busted that whole ball club up and you know, brought in Barry Swister, Switzer, getting rid of Jimmy Johnson. He still hasn't put Jimmy Johnson in the Cowboys' ring of honor. The Gemster yeah. is in Canton. And Jerry refuses petty to put him in the ring of honor because he's so petty mm-hmm. and he's so envious that Jimmy and the players of those dynasty Cowboys got the credit and he didn't. So here we are with that eerie sound every single evening. It sounds like a wolf in heat, right? Trying to find that, that next Lombardi and he hasn't been able to. So here he is. He's got a hell of a shot this year. They, they've got a remarkable team. But Dak has to cut down on the picks, which is something he's never really done before last season, going back to his days at Mississippi State. they, they I, That's number one. You have to take care of the football, and that defense has to put them in advantageous positions. To steal some points during games.
2: And Dak knows that. He said yep. that I'm not going to have double digit picks this season. He has had double digit picks multiple times in his career. So we will see if Dak's able to focus on protecting the football more. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Amber Wilson. Find him on social at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports ESPN Radio. It's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So in terms of Dak Prescott, a quarterback that desperately needs to make it to a conference championship, win a conference championship, frankly make it to a Super Bowl because he's got the star on the helmet because everybody always talks about Dak Prescott. Is he overrated? Is he underrated? Well, that narrative changes drastically, Ian, if he makes it to a Super Bowl. We know how this thing works. Same with Lamar Jackson. That's another guy, a guy that when we did the NFL's top 100 yesterday, which was voted on by other players all across the league, they have Lamar Jackson 10th as the 10th best quarterback in the entire NFL. It feels like a very different story than it's been the last couple seasons because you're coming off of a disappointing end to the season for the Ravens. You're coming off of a couple injury ridden seasons there for Lamar Jackson and that contract negotiation that was hanging over their heads the last couple seasons as well. If Lamar makes it to a Super Bowl, all of that goes by the wayside. Which of those two guys and Dak or Lamar, would benefit the most in terms of the narrative regarding their careers?
1: Well, uh, to me, it's, that's an easy answer, and that's Dak, because he does play for the Dallas Cowboys, because the expectations were set by him at such a remarkable level. That bar was high, because he came in for an injured Tony Romo, who got hurt in the preseason, had his back crunched like an accordion. I think it was out in Seattle. Dak comes in as his fourth-round pick out of Mississippi State. Nobody's really expecting anything, and he shines. To the point where Romo doesn't get his job back. That's how great he was, and he was great in his rookie campaign. He was he was borderline great in his second year, and then you started to see a dip a little bit. And maybe that was also to a to a degree the guys around him. But it's not because Dak doesn't put the grind in. He's the first guy in there and the last guy out of practice nearly every single day, and he knows he's got to cut down on 15 ints. And he didn't even play a full boat last year. I mean, he, he didn't sniff 17 games. So and you still led the league in INTs. If anybody can change the way they're viewed, not just with a fan base, because I think Dallas Cowboy fans, being here in Dallas, as you referenced, they love Dak. Jerry loves Dak. Jerry, nobody wants Dak to be some more successful and be the best at his craft for anybody, anybody out there, not named Mahomes, than Jerry Jones, obviously. But if you're going to change the way you're viewed as far as a big-game quarterback – Dak is the guy, in my opinion, that has to do it. Lamar, he has to stay healthy. I mean, he's won an MVP. He also needs to to survive and advance in the postseason. But Lamar's narrative right now is availability. He's got to stay. He's missed the last two seasons, the last month plus of the last two seasons, when you need your franchise quarterback the most. So Dak is on the field, and Lamar needs to stay on the field. That's the difference, in my opinion, between those two guys.
2: We'll get back to your phone calls in just a moment. Who is the biggest non-quarterback X factor in the league? Triple Triple eight, say ESPN. Hang on for me. For me, it's Dak as well. If we're comparing those two guys. Now, for a couple of reasons. First of all, Dak is eligible for an extension here after this season. He needs the money still. And so it's a contract year for Dak. Lamar just got the back. But if we're just talking about narrative surrounding these guys, both of these guys need it. Don't get me wrong. If I have to choose one, though, it's the guy with the star on his helmet because of the micro scope that Dak Prescott lives under. And it's interesting. I referenced the NFL top 100 where Lamar Jackson was voted on by his peers as the 10th best quarterback in the league. Dak Prescott was the eighth-best quarterback in the league. I was a little surprised that Dak, according to the guys around the league, was better on this list than Lamar Jackson, but it felt like a very living-in-the-moment list, and we discussed this yesterday. In this moment, Lamar Jackson coming off of the injury-ridden seasons, and maybe he leaned into that a little bit more because of those contract negotiations this past season. Dak, on the other hand, has had his own injury concerns here over the last couple seasons, but it's the accuracy concerns with Dak that have added up coming off of this past season. He's still getting a bit more respect from his peers, but that all changes if Dak Prescott has another disappointing end to Let me the ask season. You this, Amber. He's the quarter. Yes.
1: Does Dak need to get back to being the guy we saw in his first two years? Coming off the injury, he didn't scramble as much, right? Does he need to get back to being that guy and just go? You know what? I'm not going to think about running, or I'm not going to pause about. I-, I see this alley, and I'm just going gonna- I'm-, I'm just going to take it right now instead of the guy we saw last year where there may have been an opening and the old Dak would have hit it, planted his foot and, and gone straight up field. Instead, it was more still looking and then throwing a bad throw and making a bad decision. Does he need to get back to that, that quarterback that can make something out of nothing?
2: Well, and can he, I right? Can he, I don't know. And what, and the protection that he's going to have in front of him. I mean, that's a, that's an issue here as well for the Dallas Cowboys at, uh, Uh, Theoretically, yes. I think the more important component of it is protecting the football not necessarily what Dak needs to be doing with his legs, right? I mean, we know he has that ability. We ha- He has the ability to get outside the pocket. He has the ability to evade the pressure, but it wasn't all that to me. Now, I do think, and I said it earlier when we were talking about the Dallas Cowboys with two-a-days, and if you missed anything here, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app, but I said it earlier. I don't feel like enough was made about the fact that the Cowboys did not retain Dak's favorite weapon. I thought that had everything to do, frankly, with that little bit of decline in production offensively from Dak this past season, and so of those accuracy issues. Amari Cooper wasn't there anymore. And you've got to give him the weapons around him. They have a problem there now. They're starting a rookie at the tight end position. None of that's going to help Dak. But at some point, you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And you do have a loaded roster here on both sides of the ball. Mike McCarthy's seat is hot. But... Your seat's always hot when you're the quarterback of that particular franchise. If he makes it to a Super Bowl or even just an NFC Championship, was game, I said, right? Yeah,
1: yes, yes, yes. All of that changes. Championship is, is yeah. Good. All of
2: a sudden, it's a very different conversation around Dak Prescott. Shane is calling us from North Carolina. Hey, Shane, what do you have for us on Dak?
3: Oh yes, um, I just I've been a lifelong Dallas Cowboys fan, born and raised in Dallas, Dak isn't it. He hasn't been it. It's just like you were all talking about yesterday between him and Justin Herbert. don't give me the stats. It's the eye test. That was great when he came in the league at the pre-snap reads, but the defenses have caught up to it. So they give him a look and they switch it up when he hikes the ball and he doesn't look off his target. Those were the main things for his interceptions. Just like Dan Orlovsky broke down the game against San Francisco. Hilton was open on, a couple, on those two interceptions that he threw, but he was lasered in on his target. And for some reason, Dak isn't reading the field like he needs to. And I think the biggest non x non-X factor would be Tony Pollard for the Cowboys because if we can't run the ball, it's going to be a long, long season because I don't trust Dak. Like if Jerry Jones would have had his Super Bowl had he not caved into the pressure and put Romo back in when he was healthy. And then when he didn't do that, it it ruined our chances for a Super Bowl. And I don't believe Dak is going to get us there.
2: Thanks for the call, Shane. See, that's a Cowboys fan that's given up on Dak over these years, right, Ian? And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the narrative of Dak. I mean, Dak's one of those players. He ends up controversial. He's solid by the numbers, obviously. I mean, last season, the 15 interceptions ain't great, but he's solid, by the numbers overall, season after season, and yet a lot of people don't believe that he's good enough to get them to a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of those weren't on him, and some obviously were. And he referenced one of that where you know T.Y. Hilton was wide open up the left boundary, and, and Dak just never saw him and threw a bad pick. You also had you know, an, an INT go off Noah Brown's hands that goes straight up in the air that mm-hmm. is not on Dak, but it goes on his ledger. So like, Dak is one of those guys. Th- th- that same caller, if it's week nine, week 10, and the Cowboys are, you know, let's go week 10, 8-2, and, and Dak is third in the league in passing, you know, and he's got, you know, 15 touchdowns to two INTs, That's the same, that same guy will be going, I told you, I mm-hmm. told you Dak is the man, I told you all along that I believed in him. That is a Dallas Cowboy fan at their core. I live here, trust me. Heck, my wife is one of them. So there <laughs> you go. I mean, they will flip on you in two seconds like an Alabama fan will as well. That, that's just – Dallas Cowboy fans are like a college football fan. They are obsessed with their team. And if Dak is having a phenomenal start to the season, every single Dak hater will be telling you, I told you so. We had to stick with them. Mark my
2: words. And that's why I think – that it's Dak over Lamar who benefits the most, right? If they can make it to a conference championship game this season, finally, if they can get past the conference championship, the game, I think that's the narrative that changes even more than Lamar Jackson's because of who Dak Prescott plays for and the irrational at times of uh, emotions of that fan base. Let's put it that way. And then also us here, like we spend so much darn time on national talking about the Dallas Cowboys, right? Cause they rate, I mean, the Dallas people care love or hate. about the Dallas Cowboys. And because of that, people care and either love or hate Dak Prescott. I hope you love us. I hope you don't hate us. We are going to get back to your phone calls if you're waiting on the line. 888-SAY-ESPN coming up next. It is those calls. Who is the biggest non-quarterback X factor in the NFL?
1: This is ESPN Radio.
2: Who is the biggest non-quarterback X-factor in the league? Triple Eight, say ESPN. That's how you join the conversation with Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio presented to you, of course, by Progressive Insurance. You can also watch us on ESPN U and on ESPN Two. Let's get to the phone line. Jason is calling us from West Virginia. Jason, what's up?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm just like uh, T Higgins, Cincinnati. I just feel like uh, he does a lot for that offense. Gets Jamar open. Um, that's, just, that's where I stay, on him. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, uh, obviously that, that receiver room, uh, generally an X factor there with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd. Uh, lots of weapons there for Joe Burrow and Cincy.
1: Yeah, but I would have gone with the other guy. And then T. Higgins is probably underappreciated. And you're right, that room is just naughty. I mean, there's not many wide receiver rooms in the league that are as deep and talented as they have in Cincinnati. But Jamar Chase is probably more of an impact and X factor than T Higgins is. And that's not a dig at T Higgins. He's an outstanding wideout, Could be a number one on, on some teams, but the other dude at LSU. Yeah, that guy.
2: Right. Cause he's not the number one. Jamar Chase is the number one. Yeah. Now to that caller's point, T Higgins does take some of the pressure off Jamar Chase. I feel like Jamar Chase actually takes a little bit more of the pressure off uh, T Higgins if we're talking about how that relationship works but defense is certainly having to account for both of those guys John is calling us from Ohio John wants to nominate the other guy hey John go ahead
3: yeah so I want to nominate Jamar Chase because as soon as Jamar Chase came to Cincinnati the Bengals did a whole 360 I love Joe Burrow to death he's the most accurate quarterback we have ever had but Jamar Chase it's literally like Debo Samuels and Odell Beckham mixed in one. The corners have the hardest time in the world tackling them. They struggle. He's like built like a running back. He's literally the best receiver in the NFL, if you ask me personally.
2: Uh, certainly one of them one of the best receivers in the NFL I'd have him on my list as well and he absolutely has that chemistry between those two guys between Burrow and Chase goes back a long way Ian and it makes all the difference there in Cincinnati
1: yeah and again I'll I'll just call myself out as a football fool I was screaming for the Bengals today Penny Sewell out of Oregon over Jamar Chase right and and look, Sewell's gonna have a lot of people were in that draft oh protect your quarterback right you have, you have a franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. Protect him. Mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, 2019 LSU. Yeah, I think, I think it's worked out well. They made the right call.
2: Right, when the weapon works out that well. Now, yeah. given that O-line was still a big problem in protecting and Joe still Burrow. Right? But, and it's still but- a problem. Still the right Still call.
1: it turned the so, right card in.
2: It is a good darn thing that they hit on that Jamar Chase pick. Triple-A, say ESPN. Let's try this again, Matt, from Atlantic City. Is your phone working this time? Are you inside the casino, Matt? Who's your non-quarterback mm. X-Factor?
5: Mm. No, I'm actually watching on ESPN. ESPNU right now. Good morning, Amber. Good morning, Ian. So I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants, and the reason why I'm going to say Saquon is because we've seen the running back market and the running backs in general over the past six months. I think if he stays healthy, fingers crossed, I think he rushes for 2,000 yards. I think he has a big season. My other X factor on the defensive side that people aren't really talking about, Kayvon Thibodeau, the pass rusher for the New York Giants. Ian, I'm sure you've seen him play at Oregon. I'm going to go Kayvon Thibodeau. On the line there with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, he is poised to have a big second year thank you guys very much I always enjoy watching on ESPNU uh,
2: two good nominations there Ian we already talked about it I mean Saquon would be on my list of biggest non-quarterback x factors it'll be interesting because if he runs for 2,000 yards like Matt just said, is he still going to get paid or is now his body going to be used up? Because it's another season of high production there for a player that got a one-year deal.
1: Yeah, and going to Kayvon Thibodeau, you, you and he forgot Ashawn Robinson on that defensive front as well. I, that's mm-hmm. that's a stout front four for the New York Giants. But Thibodeau, I'm expecting a big, big second year for the first-round pick out of Oregon. He's a beast.
2: Some people think that the Giants are going to take a step back this season. I actually do Do not disagree with that. Right. I disagree with that in part because of those weapons that you just mentioned defensively for that team. Triple eight, say ESPN. Jason is calling from Florida. Jason, did you win the mega millions last night? You're in my state. Somebody in our state did also, who are you nominating?
5: All right, you all know I did not win that because I would not be calling you guys right now as much oh, as I love you. come on. You wouldn't give us a call if, if
2: you were a billionaire? You wouldn't want to wake up with us and spend your morning with you us? You
5: know what go I on, do? Geez. Amber, I take my private jet over to you guys and come in person. That's what i do. There you go. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I
1: want to get on it with you wherever hey, you're in, going, Brooke. whatever island you're going to next. Uh, I'm coming right? with you.
5: Hey, open invitation, guys. Let's go. The whole ESPN family, ready to roll. Let's do it. Let's do it. You could, you
2: could, <laughs> buy, you could buy ESPN. Well, maybe not. <laughs> not Not with no, $1.5 Maybe not. Anyway, okay, so uh, who, who are you nominating here, Jason? <laughs> all
5: right, well, I got two real quick. Austin Eckler, offensive league, running backs are asked to do a whole bunch of things. He does everything. And with Keenan Allen and Michael Williams always going down, he's that guy that Herbert and the entire offense relies on. And Ian, I'm going to give you some love right now. It ain't the Dallas Cowboys kicker. The most clutch kicker ever, Justin Tucker, is so important oh, to Baltimore. Yeah. Don't laugh at me, but it's the truth, man. No,
1: yeah, it's look, the you, truth. you got to have one. They have one guy on the 90-man roster. They've got a rookie out of Notre Dame the Cowboys doing Brandon Aubrey. That's it. They,
2: they have like the, to- uh, the guy from the XFL. He's in training camp right now.
1: i got to look that up. <laughs> But still, the Cowboys
2: searching for for a kicker, Baltimore not searching for a kicker. Nobody disagrees, frankly, with that take. I also don't disagree with the Austin Eckler take. I actually think he's a huge X factor for that team. Remember, Austin Eckler, he wanted out of the Chargers. He was threatening to leave. They recognize his importance as well. They were able to get something done here in the short term. So Austin Eckler is there. He is at training camp. I do think it's those guys, those, uh, those running backs that have so much to their game I think that's the future of that position right I I really do like I think that is what helps ensure the running back position down the line where it's not just ground and pound and it's not just blocking help in the backfield but it's also these other components to your game like an Austin Eckler can bring Jeff is calling us from Ohio hey Jeff who's your nomination
3: yeah, uh, Hart tells me uh, Nick Chubb or uh, Jamar Chase, but thinking about it, I think Travis Kelsey last year losing, uh, losing Tyler Kill and what he was able to do for the Chiefs, I think Travis Kelsey would be
5: that guy.
2: When I, not, when I jotted down non-quarterback X-Factors off the top of my head, both Kelsey brothers made my list, by the way, but Travis Kelsey certainly on that list, Ian, because – I was shocked. I mean, I really thought, and maybe this was a bit of the Dolphins fan of me, so maybe I was being a bit biased, but I really thought losing Tyreek Hill was going to matter. A fool I was to that Kansas City Chiefs team. And, of course, it didn't because Travis Kelsey is still there. <laughs>
1: uh, look, and, and Mahomes talked about that, and it wasn't a shot at Tyreek Hill. He just said, you know, we, we, we might be even more explosive because we have to spread the ball out even more now. And, but to that caller's point, Travis Kelsey, I, I, that's Mahomes' whoobie. You know, I, that's one where if, he, if he's scrambling and, and getting out of trouble, who's he looking for? The man with that glorious lip sweater now and that, that beautiful mustache. You cannot not stop talking mustache.
2: about Travis Kelsey's mustache.
1: You. There are not many people that can pull that look off, and he pulls it off in exceptional fashion. But 87, that's Mahomes' guy. That's his whoopee. You take him off that roster, and that – that could make a difference for Mahomes. Uh, Maybe not a say- big one, but one. Tyreek Hill, they just replaced, you know, in, in a different way by spreading the ball around more. But Kelsey, he's just different. I mean, he's he just is a different, different dude.
2: And he can pull off a lot of looks. I don't know what Taylor Swift's thinking. Dante is calling us from Florida. <laughs> hey, Dante, thanks for the call. Who do
3: you have for us? Hey, hey th- thanks for letting me in. Uh, there's only one true, true X factor, and that's Odell Beckham Jr., he is going to get Lamar a Super Bowl this year. They're going to win a division, even though I'm a big Steelers fan. There's just no way. They are going to be the combo. I, I think Odell goes for 1,500, 1,600 yards
5: this year.
2: So, and, and listen, if he me. does, then obviously the Ravens are going to be an unstoppable force. And it's something that we've seen from OBJ, but it's been quite some time and some injuries ago, like yeah. catastrophic injuries ago, since we saw it from OBJ. I think that it's a good signing by the Ravens. I'm really interested to see what it looks like. I don't have the same high hopes as that caller though, and that's not because of a lack of chemistry or anything like it's just where we're at with OBJ's career. I don't I mean I want that caller to be right, because I think it'd be so fun to watch, and I just don't know if I believe that he can fully get back there to that level.
1: Yeah, if you get eight, nine hundred and eight, nine touchdowns, uh, I think that's a hell of a year for Odell Beckham Jr. At this point in his career, and you cited the injuries. I think J.K. Dobbins coming back in that running back room, that's huge, along with, remember the name, Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. Mm-hmm. He's the guy in Baltimore that could have a breakout season as a rookie wideout.
2: Coming up next here on ESPN2 and on ESPNU, Hard Knocks pre- premiered last night. Aaron Rodgers, did he come off warm and fuzzy? We'll get into that.
3: This
1: is ESPN Radio.
6: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
2: Hard Knocks premiered last night. Ian Fitzsimmons was too busy buying 83,000 lotto tickets (laughs) and then losing. Which is good news for ESPN, because when Ian plays the lottery, he plays the lottery with the entire ESPN College Football Radio Department. (laughs) And so the coverage goes on here on ESPN Radio. You can watch me and Ian Fitzsimmons also on ESPN2 and ESPNU. Also, you can watch Kimberly A. Martin, because she is joining us as well. Kimberly A. Martin, ESPN NFL reporter, of course. And Kimberly, thanks so much, as always, for your time. Let's start with the premiere of Hard Knocks last night. I don't know if you were too busy buying lotto tickets but the new york jets much to their chagrin they did make their premiere on hard knocks they didn't want to do hard
7: knocks what was your takeaway from this that hard knocks is actually a great thing for them uh yeah i stayed up and watched it i don't play lotto um i stayed up and watched <laughs> <Smart>. it i'm <laughs> on two hours of sleep because i watched it and knew that my greenberg was gonna quiz me on it when we do get up in a in a little bit um i actually thought if i did tweet like are the Jets and Aaron Rodgers actually, like, lovable now? Like, you see Aaron Rodgers in a different light. You see him as a fantastic teammate, as a guy with the different intricate handshakes with guys on defense and offense. The way he mentors and talks, talks up, counsels Zach Wilson. Um, The way he is with Nathaniel Hackett. He literally has his older brother as his OC right now. Like, the two of them, that rapport. Um, You get a different side of Aaron, I will caution Jets fans from thinking like, oh, the media, they they were all wrong about Aaron. Let's like pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, This guy that we're seeing now on Hard Knocks and with the Jets wasn't the same Aaron that we saw in Green Bay from the standpoint of being there from the beginning in OTAs and and being seen as like this mentoring type of father figure to to younger guys. So don't know if this is a new Aaron Rodgers or just a different side of him, but I, I like what I saw.
2: Or a bitter Aaron Rodgers that's trying to stick it to Green Bay. <laughs> All of a sudden he's opened up and
7: Packer fans are going, where the hell was this the right.
1: last
2: five All years? All of a sudden he's team guy. He's mentor guy. Let me help Zach, Martin, or Zach Wilson. Let me help the guy sitting behind me. Jordan Love's over here like, huh? what's happening (laughs) he gives back 35 million dollars Kimberly to the organization I mean it is a very different Aaron Rodgers he's
7: very different all in and that was the big question whether I mean uh, no one truly knows Aaron Rodgers but the people in his inner circle so I won't profess to but he's literally doing everything we didn't anticipate he would and he's doing it well and watching this team he needs these young kids as much as, as they need him. I think it's a great relationship. I think Zach Wilson, what you saw, Zach, if Zach Wilson has any chance of being what the Jets thought he was was going to be when they drafted him, I think Aaron Rodgers will play an integral role in that. That's a guy he he revered growing up. Um, so I, I love it. If you're a Jets fan, I mean, you're waking up. You might be tired because you stayed up and watch Hard Knocks, but you, that was – Uh, you know, an hour snippet of euphoria because you see what the potential of this team could be.
1: Kmart, if you were going to that joint practice today against the Carolina Panthers, what would you be watching for outside of just Aaron Rodgers?
7: Well, so Aaron Rodgers talked about the the joint practices being sort of like a mini uh, tune-up for the regular season because we probably will only see him a little bit maybe against the Giants in their last preseason game. So I would be looking at the protection. I would look, be looking at Makai Becton. I was at the Hall of Fame game when Makai Becton, um, he played, but he played a handful of snaps when I talked to Robert Sala going into the game, and he said about, like, 20, 25 um, snaps for Mekhi. So how does that knee feel after two procedures? What's the protection like? And also just chemistry with the, with the wide receivers. Um, you know, a couple of guys said, Aaron's different. Like, man, like sometimes I don't know what he's thinking. Well, they need to get on his page. Like you, you, the, there's gonna be um, the learning curve with any new quarterback, any new offense, new players, but this if these guys these guys have to be on Aaron's page because he just sees the field so differently and understands the game at such an intricate, like genius type level, that they always have to know what he's thinking.
2: ESPN NFL reporter Kimberly A. Martin joining Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons. Does Aaron? need to play in the preseason do we is it going to be the zach wilson
7: show do you expect to see aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. at all so like i said the giants game the last game that they have i believe august twenty-sixth, late in, late in the month um that i've been told aaron has said and i've been told by robert Sala, like that would be the game where we would probably see him do i need to see aaron Rodgers? a couple series against the giants maybe but even if i did not see aaron Rodgers, that wouldn't upset me only because Let's face it, the dude's old, man. He's going to be 40 years old during the season. Like, I, I, I know they need time and, and, and time on the field, but the fact that they have these joint practices with the Panthers now and then the Bucks, um, I think those are going to be really important. So if I don't see Aaron in preseason action, I can live with it. And if you do, just a small amount, small amount.
2: I don't know how I feel about hearing Kimberly Ian call 40 old, but, you know.
7: (laughs) Football standards. standards. Not by by
2: radio standards. (laughs) Everybody settle down. (laughs) 40 is very young.
1: I'm with you, Amber. Believe me. Hey, Kmart, switch gears to the Washington Commanders. (laughs) And, and I think Amber and I are in the minority here. Ron Rivera addresses some of his players, obviously going to the media because he was posed the question about how, quote, harsh or, you know, whatever you have, however you want to describe what Eric Bieniemy and his coaching mm-hmm. mannerisms are toward this particular team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's players that, that Ron Rivera said, hey, you know, they're, they're a little concerned. Mm-hmm. I, we took that as, and I think we're in the minority, that Ron Rivera was calling out his players going, these guys are soft, right? This guy's a two-time Super Bowl champion, and they're concerned about his coaching style. That's the way I took it. We're in the minority. I'm, I'm hearing Harry Douglas, you know, Louis Riddick saying he didn't. They didn't actually like Rivera, you know, the way he answered the question. Right. What did you think? I think it was more of a of a, a message toward his players, not a shot at the enemy.
7: Uh, no, I thought the I thought similar to Harry and like Booger and a lot of people listening to it initially. Like initially, I was dumbfounded. Initially, I was like, "What is Ron saying?" Because because the end of it also he brought up Jack Del Rio. As like you know, Eric doesn't understand this, you know, you know, Jack Del Rio like and I were head coaches, like you know, you understand when you're in that seat, and it, I felt like it the comments undermined Eric Bienemy, who is literally the poster child for you know he wants a head coaching job, and he's become the poster child for the inequities in the NFL's hiring process. So I thought bringing Jack Del Rio into it was a mistake. Ron Rivera' supposed to talk to the media before practice today, and I can tell you. He, he knows he made a mistake and how his comments were phrased. Now, here's some context really quickly. Um, players since I've been told I talked to a lot. I used to cover the Washington football team, now the commander. So, I, I, you know, I talked to a lot of people in the building. Players since the first week of camp literally were like, whoa, Eric B. man, that guy is on 100 all the time. So there were complaints or there were grumblings of like, yo, because this is a culture shock from what they were used to last year. But Ron Rivera specifically targeted Eric Biannimi as his assistant head coach, as his OC, because he knew a culture change was needed on offense. He likes that Eric goes 120%, and he knows that that was needed. Where, where Ron messed up and where he understands he messed up and what he will acknowledge today is that he didn't make it clear that Eric... It, this is why I brought him in, and he he didn't understand that Eric is when you talk about Eric the a guy who has more Super Bowl rings than Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. He understands a cha- what a championship program looks like. Um, I think Ron Rivera also realizes that, you know, as what he's trying to do is say as a head coach, you understand like you go hard. Like Ron was a guy who was really hard. He was hard-nosed, military guy when he first started in Carolina. And then he eventually morphed and evolved into, like, a half, half situation, half hard-ass and half, like, player's coach, and now he's more of a player's coach. And you kind of evolve. And I think he was trying to say it is a culture shock. Eric will have to evolve at some point. But all of it did not come out that way. But I can tell you, since those early complaints, the commanders have actually had their best practices Sunday and Monday. They had a walkthrough yesterday and players have not been complaining about Eric Bieniemy. The intensity is better, the tempo is better, the offense looks better. So players have a better understanding of the Bieniemy way, which is literally why he was brought there because what they were doing on offense was not cutting it.
2: Certainly what they've been doing for many years there in Washington ain't right. cutting it. So something needs to change. Mm-hmm. Kimberly A. Martin is coming to you live from the Seaport brought to you by Grey Goose. Thanks Kimberly. Thank you. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio and ESPN2, Dak Prescott threw three interceptions in practice yesterday. Is that something or is that nothing? That's next. After Ian has this word from Granger
1: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This is
4: ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P Unsportsmanlike.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C dot
2: Jimmy Garoppolo threw, I think it was seven interceptions the other day in training camp. A lot of people were freaking out about it. Me and Ian Fitzsimmons, we were not freaking out about it. If you were a Raiders fan, maybe you were freaking out about it. Was it something? Was it nothing? What if it's Dak Prescott now throwing interceptions? What if it is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? Is that something? Let's find out.
8: You know. All right, guys, um, we're going to play a new game that I just invented. No one's ever done this on radio before. Never. Really? Never. Super never. original. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and you're going to tell me if it's something or nothing. Man, we'll... you are an
1: innovator.
8: I am, right? Let my boss know. Uh, um, all right, Dak Prescott threw three interceptions yesterday in practice. This is coming off of the fact of all last year he kept throw, throwing the ball away to the other team, and he's had some hiccups Now, during practice early. So, Amber, is this something or nothing?
2: No, this is nothing. If if I'm saying it's nothing when Jimmy Garoppolo is doing it seven times, it's certainly nothing when Dak Prescott is doing it three times. Let me know if he does it in the regular season. Yes, he has to clean up that ball protection in the regular season. He cannot throw 15 interceptions again like he did last season. I don't care at all what happens here in training camp. This is the time, Ian, that you work out those kinks. This is the time that you take those chances. This is the time that you see if some of those plays in the playbook work and you familiarize yourself even more with some of the new looks for the offense now that Mike McCarthy doesn't have an OC. This doesn't concern me at all. Wake me up when it's the regular season.
1: You and I are in step on this one. So in my focus group of one, now focus group of two with you doesn't mean a stinking thing. It's training camp. It's practice. Talk about it. Channel Alan Iverson right now. And don't don't listen to Amber and I. Listen to a guy like JJ Watt. He put out a video at the beginning of training camp where I guess some some people were criticizing this rookie for being dominated or this, you know, free agent acquisition for struggling early on in camp. And he go and JJ Watt's message was it's camp. This is we where you work on practice, things. Man. Thank you, Alan. This is where you do work on moves that you normally would not use, but you want to add to your resume, to your repertoire. This is where you work on stuff. When you see a pitcher in spring training scuffle, he's working on stuff. Maybe he's trying a, a slider that he normally doesn't use or a longer stride. That's when you actually want to make mistakes to see if you can do it in a game. So Dak throwing three picks for you and I? No, not a big deal. It's training camp. To fans and some people in our business, they will make a big deal out of this because it is Dak, and he did throw 15 picks last year. But for me, no, nope. he's working on stuff. What are we talking about?
2: Did AI win a NBA championship that <laughs> season, though?
8: No, no. So maybe, maybe
2: <laughs> oh, that whole.
0: Amber's Philly hate coming it. through once
8: again. Once again, Amber hates
2: saying. on Philly. Maybe
8: practice. Hate, You're you got You hate cheesesteaks. I mean, you maybe hate practice everything matter. Philly. Maybe practice matters. Here we go again. Speaking of practice, and a quarterback that's actually been Pat ha-
2: Costello, too. He makes a list of things <laughs> I hate from Philly. Exactly. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> right.
8: that, we're going to do that later t- today. But speaking of practice, a quarterback who's actually. By all reports has been practicing real well. Daniel Jones yesterday during a joint practice with the Lions was 5 of 12 p- passing with a sack and 11 on 11 drills. Amber, Daniel Jones struggling during a joint practice. Something or nothing?
2: Uh, it's still practice, right? now. We talking it, about
8: practice, man. Does it
2: concern you more because it's a joint practice? Not really. It's still practice at the end of the day. I... We talked about it earlier in the show. If you missed anything here, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Uh, Ian and I both think that the Giants are, are better than I think some other people think. I mean, I, th- certainly aided by that conference, but also the fact that I don't see reasons for them to take a step back here. Yes, Daniel Jones got that contract. I do think Daniel Jones showed last year that he's a competent quarterback. I'm not going to say that he's Patrick Mahomes anytime soon, nor do I ever expect him to reach that ceiling. But I don't see any reason that he can't continue to build there in Dayball's offense now with some, some consistency with that coaching stuff. So I'm not really worried about what's happening here, even if it's a joint practice.
1: Look, I know I'm in the minority on this one. I'm a Daniel Jones supporter. I like the guy. And I think he's going to take a step forward in his second year in this system with Coach Dable. So I'm with you. Uh, it, it, again, just everything that we just said about Dak. Go ahead and put it in here, right here, with Daniel Jones. Even if it was a joint practice, don't care. It's still practice. We again, talking about practice, man. You AI, it does not matter. He's working on stuff. We'll see. Now he does that week one. Yeah, we got a problem because right. that's real. That goes against your ledger. This doesn't doesn't matter to me.
8: Yeah, let's not hope that. Let's hope that doesn't happen week one against the Cowboys. Um, all right. The Bucks have listed both Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask as QB one on their first depth chart. Amber, the fact that they're both listed as QB one on that depth chart, is that something or nothing?
2: I think it's something. I think it shows that this is a true neck and neck race between these guys. And I don't, I don't feel like that this is just a motivation tactic that bulls is using because Baker needs a new chip on his shoulder and he needs to believe that Kyle Trask is coming from him or the opposite right I think this is a reality in Tampa where this is a true quarterback competition and that coaching staff hasn't yet determined who is going to be QB one as they head into the season I think both of those guys are getting a real opportunity here to compete the, for the job so I think it's something Ian I don't think it's fodder right I don't think it's like hey we know actually who's going to be the quarterback or even who's going to be the quarterback you know in week five of the season like a lot of us think Gardner is going to start at the beginning of the season in India but we 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 all know A.R. is the future there in Indianapolis, no matter what happens with Gardner Minshew. That's not the situation in Tampa. This, to me, feels legitimate. I genuinely do not know if it's going to be Baker or if it's going to be Kyle. If I was a betting woman, I would bet it's going to be Baker Mayfield starting the season because a lot more experience there in the NFL from Baker Mayfield. But I do think it's a true quarterback competition in Tampa.
1: Well, I am a wagerer, and I'm not going to wager on this on this competition at all. But for everything you just said, I'm going to go the opposite way and say it's nothing because I expected this to be a competition all the way to the end of camp. So, for me, it's nothing because it was expected.
8: All right, last one, Amber. Dalvin yes. Cook. Is still unsigned. Mm-hmm. Is this? If you're a Jet fan, let's do it this way. Mm-hmm. If you're a Jet fan, is this uh, you know. something or nothing? <laughs> yeah, Ian. You're yes. Going, a Jets Jets Amber's fan. a Miami fan. He's if from there. But you're going Jets, Jets. Jets. Here we go. Come on. I Come mean, on, if you're Amber. a Jets
2: fan, it's a little some-some because some, he ain't coming to you. Okay. All right. Let's be clear about that. If you're a Dolphins fan, it's a whole lot of nothing because he's just yeah. missing a little bit of training camp. Don't worry. He'll assimilate himself to Mike McDaniel's offense. Plus, it's going to be running back right rotation down there in Miami. He'll save his body. He'll be just fine living back at home where he went to Miami Central High. This dude was always going to the Miami Dolphins. He was using the Miami Dolphins. I mean, he was using the New York Jets Ian, to try to up that offer from the Dolphins. I don't think it worked. I think that there's going to end up being leaks though. Like, oh, they came up a little tiny bit. Whether it's true or not, we don't know. I think his plan was always to go to Miami and I think that's actually where he's going.
1: I'm going to say it's something only because Nuno was trying to draw you off sides going Jets first against your Miami Dolphins and it worked.
2: It didn't work, though. Country I knew outside. what he was doing. No, I knew what outside. he was doing. It's a whole well, lot the of Dolphin nothing. Delvin Cooks if never a won a championship. Here. <laughs> well, that might change down so in up. Miami. Coming up next year, our two a days continues with the Ravens.
1: This is ESPN
3: Radio. More next.